is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. During this Lenten season, what are some of the ways to grow in your Catholic faith? Joining us today are Paul and Sarah Jarzembowski, sharing their insights on Lenten spirituality and how parishes can nurture the faith of their people during this time of the year. Paul is the Associate Director for the Laity with the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops in Washington, D.C. His wife, Sarah, is the Evangelization Director at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Crofton and the former coordinator for College Campus and Young Adult Ministries in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. First up is Paul, who is also the author of Hope from the Ashes, Insights and Resources for Welcoming Lenten Visitors. Paul Jarzembowski, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. It's good to be here. Thank you very much for having me. By the time this episode of the show airs, we will have already celebrated Ash Wednesday, and I'm sure if it's anything like previous Ash Wednesdays, the churches were packed, uh, even as we're emerging from the pandemic. You tell a, a great story in your book about how you went to church one Ash Wednesday a couple years ago and, and sort of had a light bulb moment in observing all the people at Mass and what that might mean for evangelization. Could you share that story with our listeners? Absolutely. Well, you know, I've been going to Ash Wednesday masses and services all my life, and but it really started to occur to me, especially as a pastoral leader working with young adults, um, just how many people were, were there and, and also how many people I did not recognize, and in addition, how many young people and young adults that I did not recognize in the pews that day. So um, as I'm sitting there, um, you know, normally my experience through my life has been to, to go to Ash Wednesday to, you know, I'm in my pew, I, I listen, but on that particular day, it really occurred to me as kind of, a, you know, really cramped into my pew and, you know, mere centimeters away from the next person because, you know, we're very tightly wound together that day. Um, this is, of course, pre-pandemic, <laughs> so, you know, there was no space between people at that point. Uh, and maybe there won't be this year either. Um, but as I was, it, as I really felt that presence around me, I, you know, I just remember started looking all around, seeing the people lined up against the walls, seeing really my church packed for, you know, the first time in a year. And all year long, I've been working in ministry and saying, I wish people would come back to church. I wish people could come back to church, repeating that over and over. And here on this day, you know, I had before me people who were coming, had come back to church. So everything I had been wishing and hoping for, it occurred to me that Ash Wednesday, that everything that I had been working with, that it was, it was happening right then and there. But then I also realized how much we weren't talking to one another, how much there, we, we were all within our own little sphere um, with me and Jesus, and how it it, it was this realization that maybe we maybe we should be doing something about this. Maybe maybe something that uh, we, we hadn't realized we should be doing. We, we should now be engaged. We should be accompanying them, talking to people, even just smiling and making eye contact with other people. 
um, it, it just occurred to me that day. And ever since then, um, it's been a, a mission of mine to really kind of explore this more uh, more deeply, uh, to kind of ask, so what do we do? Um, and so that's really what the premise of my book was, was to really be a response from that initial kind of experience of, huh, this is this is this is bigger than I expected, and wow, there's something to it. There are other liturgical days throughout the, the calendar that attract big crowds, uh, certainly Christmas mm-hmm. and Easter. But why is it Ash Wednesday that draw, what is it about Ash Wednesday that you, you think draws people? Well, I think what's unique about it is, aside from Easter and Christmas, which generally involve families. Um, usually you come with your parents to Christmas, you know, or your grandparents or your with extended family. Same thing with Easter. You're going to be going out for brunch afterwards. So it's a, it's a, it's often a, those are moments when we do it together. We come together in a family group to those. We sometimes have post Christmas and post Easter gathering with family. But Ash Wednesday is unique because it's often done individually. Um, it's done sometimes on a uh, a lunch break if you're working in a city. You kind of come to the local church and it's down the block, or you know you make it, it's it's midweek. It doesn't have any other accoutrements. Um, there's no like just like there's Easter cards and presents and Christmas cards and Christmas presents. There's no Ash Wednesday cards and Ash Wednesday presents. Believe me, I've looked in Hallmark. They aren't there. Um, but so I think with all those other accoutrements. Uh, Ash Wednesday is unique because we do it on our own. And I think it's special because people have made that effort um, to go without there being that additional kind of cultural expectation or even that family expectation that you go. So Ash Wednesday has a special uh, significance because when people are there, they're there because something personal in their lives, some journey that they're on individually or uh, within their lives um, has drawn them there. Um, so it's unique. And so therefore, I think the way we can respond, uh, there's many more opportunities because there is a certain sense, a certain liminal space, a, a sacred space that, that we have been gifted with, with their presence. And so, um, and that's not just on Ash Wednesday, but throughout the entire season of Lent, there's a greater sense of engagement at this time of year. Um, and so what a wonderful chance for us to, um, to try something new in, in reaching people. You uh, argue in your book that um, Ash Wednesday is something parishes should start planning way in advance. Like, like we, we just finished Ash Wednesday, but it, I think you might suggest that it's not too early to start planning for next year. Well, why is that mm-hmm. so important, and, and what are some of the things that parishes can do to take advantage of that big crowd that comes on Ash Wednesday? It's, I think it's important to start that preparation because we, we, we're facing in our church right now record disaffiliation. We are we are facing polarization, mental health crisis. Uh, we are we are a lot of secularization. So these are major issues. So for us to respond to such major things that are going on in this world, and especially amongst uh, many populations who are disaffiliated, um, we need to put in all our effort towards this. I mean, we um, it requires a whole community kind of getting themselves ready to be welcoming, um, to be. Uh, more open to these new people that are going to come into our lives. Um, we, we need that time to kind of ready our hearts. Um, I kind of argue for uh, a renewal of an old church season we used to have before Vatican II called uh, Septuagesima, which was this, uh, which meant 70 days before Easter. Um, and 
it, this was this pre-Lenten preparation that we would often go through to kind of rid our homes of, of the meats and the cheeses and the sweets and the breads uh, that we would, so to avoid the temptation during Lent. But even in our churches, what if we had a renewed sense of preparation? And that preparation is going to take some time because uh, to move, uh, for God to move our hearts, we might need that extra time uh, that for God to work on us throughout the year to make those unique things. But what practically can people do? Um, very simply, things like maybe uh, a card in the pews, um, letting people know what, what this Lenten season, what Ash Wednesday is about, uh, an opportunity to have people um, write down what they would like us to pray for them, and maybe even on the back side of that card, uh, to share their contact information, and then for us to follow up with that. So you're going to need that time in advance because you're going to have to kind of set up a whole uh, kind of process by which you're going to follow up with people after Ash Wednesday um, and to kind of plan around that. I even recommend even just making sure that our, our front doors, our parking lots are as welcoming as possible on that Sunday um, and that as people come into church, they feel as if, uh, their home, that they that they have a place of belonging. Um, and so, again, that requires some time and preparation because um, we do have to kind of reorient the way that we're, we're doing things to make sure that it is uh, connected to people who aren't, very, aren't normally very familiar with our customs and our traditions. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the importance of reaching the young adults who might turn up around this time of the year, and I think there's a lot of room for creativity in that area. I used to be one of the leaders of the Theology on Tap group in Fells Point in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we used to do during Lent was we, we called it a Crab Cake Friday. And my friend Rodney Matute came up with this idea. And it was really very simple. Each Friday, we would just go to a different restaurant and have crab cakes with uh, oh, yeah. young adults, which probably wasn't that much of a sacrifice. <laughs> but we still had a great <laughs> time doing it. And we had great discussions mm-hmm. during dinner, not just about faith, but about what was going on in their lives. And then we'd go over to someone's home and watch a movie or, or a documentary. And usually it was faith-related, so we would watch a documentary on St. John Paul II or there's an Alfred Hitchcock movie that we watched, I Confess, and then some others. Could you talk hmm. about the appeal of that kind of thing or, or some create creative ways that people can reach out specifically to young adults at this time of the year? Yeah, and you know, Fridays in Lent um, are very special. In fact, um, I kind of, we, we more than double our numbers on Ash Wednesday, but we triple our numbers on the amount of people, especially young adults, who are fasting on Fridays. Fridays is very, Lenten Fridays are very key for uh, for many populations in Lent. It's it, more people fast than even go to church on Ash Wednesday. So if you imagine how packed we are on Ash Wednesday, we, we are even more packed with people who are doing the Lenten thing on Friday. So I think Fridays allows us a sense of creativity. Um, you know, for a, a, a parent or a grandparent who is maybe concerned that their son or daughter, or young adult son or daughter or grandchild is not as active anymore, perhaps making calls to your son or daughter uh, on Fridays uh, on that kind of that liminal space, that liminal moment in their times where their, their 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 connection to sacredness may be a little bit stronger than it would be at any other time of the year. Um, make use of those Fridays. Or creatively, like you said, find a way to connect with people. Stations of the Cross, um, which, by the way, for someone who maybe who is disaffiliated, maybe that terminology doesn't completely uh, make sense. They don't understand what a station is, for instance. So maybe promoting it with that population uh, as, as evenings to journey with Jesus, and then extend that journey afterwards by gathering together with people 
um, maybe for uh, for something to eat, um, to, you know, especially a nice fish or pasta or non-meat uh, dinner afterwards. Um, I remember I had done a number of young adult things in my own uh, younger years. Uh, you know, we would often go to. I was in Chicago, so we had plenty of deep dish pizza places right around the church uh, to go to after stations on Fridays, and it was a great opportunity for community. And, uh, you know, bringing people together, um, but there was an openness to it, um, and so I would say taking advantage of that openness um, and inviting especially young adults in um, and on Friday nights in Lent. We've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, how can people get your book? Well, if they go to paulistpress.com, paulistpress.com, uh, they can order copies there. Um, or any other online bookseller, but Paulus Press would be the quickest way to get that. Um, and you know, if there's people who want to do want to get books for groups, there's group discounts through Paulus Press. Well, Paul Jarzembowski is author of Hope from the Ashes: Insights and Resources for Welcoming Lenten Visitors. Paul, thanks again for being here. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation about Lent as we're joined by Paul's wife, Sarah, who happens to be the evangelization director at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Crofton. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matasek. We'll be back in a moment. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. If Loyola Notre Dame Library still charged fines for overdue books, whoever recently returned three volumes checked out more than 51 years ago would be facing quite a bill. Danielle Wren Johnson, a Loyola Notre Dame librarian, said the books were recently returned in a bin at a public library and then forwarded to Loyola Notre Dame Library. They were likely checked out of Mount St. Agnes College's library in Baltimore some five decades ago. Mount St. Agnes merged with Loyola College in 1971, and its book collection was joined with Loyola's at the same time. The current Loyola Notre Dame Library has served both Loyola University, Maryland, and Notre Dame of Maryland University since 1968. Johnson said the library has migrated multiple systems for tracking books over the last several decades and doesn't have a record of who last checked out the books. The due date cards were removed. Johnson speculated that since Loyola is celebrating the 50th anniversary of its merger with Mount St. Agnes, it's possible someone may have just realized where the long-forgotten books could be properly returned. Mount St. Agnes was a women's college and Loyola was a men's college before the two joined to form a co-educational institution. Johnson doesn't yet know if the returned books will be put back into circulation. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matasek. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio.
Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. We're talking about Lent this episode, and our guest in this segment is Sarah Jarzembowski. Sarah is the current evangelization director at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Crofton, and she is the former coordinator for college campus and young adult ministries with the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Sarah, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. This is such a... Uh, an important time of the year for people spiritually. It, it's the perfect time of the year to set aside some time to really focus on growing in your faith and growing in your relationship with Christ. Uh, what are some of the practical ways of doing that? What do you find personally effective in doing that? And, and what recommend, recommendations would you have for folks? Sure, great question. You know, I love this time of year because um, we still have some dark evenings and the sun is starting to, to stay up a little bit later, but we get to, to come to church um, in the evening and it's dark outside and there are so many uh, rituals and traditions that we have in our parish life that we don't have any other time of year. Um, Ash Wednesday, which you guys have already talked about, is such a great tradition. Um, and then there are extra opportunities opportunities for uh, reconciliation, uh, which we, we know that it's always there, but there is an extra time that it's just usually so pointed to people and say, hey, we have this extra time um, on, uh, on such and such a night, on Tuesday night, on Monday night, that we're going to spend time reconciling ourselves with God. You know, there are times for uh, Stations of the Cross, which is such a beautiful tradition in our church, and there are so many different ways for us to look at those last couple of hours of the life of, of Jesus. And, you know, that tr tradition and ritual is so powerful at this time of the year um, because we are breaking into, you know, springtime and spring life, and it, it is breaking out of that darkness. And I just love some of the traditions that we have in our parish life, such as Reconciliation and Stations of the Cross. Um, you know, this year, um, at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, we're having uh, a weekday mass on Wednesday evenings, which I just think is so great for people to be able to pop into church middle of the week and um, experience um, the, the life-giving mass um, during that week. We um, also have a parish mission that we're working with two other parishes, uh, St. Joe's in Odenton and Our Lady of the Fields in Millersville, and we're all coming together for uh, one night parish mission um, on the 28th, and we're just so excited about having that as an opportunity in the middle of Lent to refocus us to listening to the movement of the Spirit in our lives. So there's a lot going on, and I think it really just comes down to um, just some of the rituals and traditions that we have during this time of year. Mm -hmm. They're exciting. Giving things up is such a time-honored tradition in the Catholic Church. Uh, many people make sacrifices during the Lenten season. But in, in more recent years, you also have this notion of adding things on, like setting, si uh, setting some time aside for, for spiritual reading or, or going to morning mass or things like that. Could you talk about those kinds of options? Uh, what can people give up and what can people add on? 
Certainly. You know, with our world so busy and noisy and fast, one of the things that I'm personally going to be doing this year is setting a time, some quiet time, some uh, time that I usually do. I, I exercise in the morning and I do some stretching, but I usually have the TV on. Um, and so uh, this year I'm going to give up TV in the morning uh, so that I can have some of that quiet time with God and allow the Spirit to enter me to uh, move my actions and, and order my steps for my day. Um, so, you know, giving things up is about um, aligning ourselves with God. You know, sometimes it's things that uh, take us away from our relationship with him. For me, I notice it's the noise. I have to have noise on at all times. The TV is always on. And I'm not going to give up TV per se, but at certain times I'm going to refocus my time so that the spirit can move. And that's really what giving something up is about. It's, it's uh, Honestly, I think it's less about giving up something and more about removing the obstacle in the way of that relationship with God. Um, so what is it that's kind of uh, our roadblock or taking our time away from really deeply listening to uh, God's voice in our life? Um, it's a real uh, easy thing to do in some ways and a real hard thing to do in others. Um, you know, it's easy because you can say, oh, I'm going to give up popcorn or I'm going to give up, you know, uh, chocolate for Lent. Um, but then when we get out into you know, social situations, sometimes that what we've given up becomes really difficult because we're in um, in around other people. So, um, you know, it's it's really important for us to kind of keep focused on the reason why we do that so that when people ask us, well, why are you giving up meat on Fridays or why are you giving up chocolate or, you know, your TV in the morning, it's about building my relationship with God and just helping people to, you know, as we explain that, to help people to see that, you know, there are obstacles in our ways to our relationship with God. And if we can just... Um, make a concerted effort to remove that, God is going to enter into that space so deeply and fully. Hmm. I, I think it's also a matter of perspective. I, I know a lot of people give up social media during Lent, and, mm-hmm. and that can be a, a valuable exercise, a, a good sacrifice. But I, I know people, my sister-in-law, for example, she, she doesn't give up social media, but she uses the Lenten time to try to be a light on social media, to, to try to be mm. a force for bring bring good news, bring the faith to people on social media. So there's there's really a, a lot of ways. There's no right or wrong, I think. There's a lot of diversity in what we can do during Lent. Do you, do you find that to be the case? I absolutely do. I think it's important for us during this time to find what works for our relationship with Christ, each of us individually. You know, the, the, our our Catholic faith is so vast in pathways to getting to uh, a, a deep relationship with God. And I think that this time of year especially, there are so many options and pathways for us that we can try any of them. And some of them are going to work for some people and other things are going to work for other people. And I think it's important to know that, um, you know, um, Stations of the Cross, well, I, I absolutely love it and think it's wonderful. That's not going to reach some people and they're not going to be able to uh, come to God during those times. You know, but maybe, you know, something else will. Um, and so it's really uh, connecting with those things that um, are a pathway to God for you and a, a, um, 
kind of a catalyst for your relationship. I love that you're, you, I think you said your sister finds a way to be the light in social media. I think that that's wonderful. Um, and I would love to see more people offering the light that God gives them to other people in some form or manner during Lent. That is a service that, um, and a gift that God gives each one of us so specifically and so individually. And it's such a great time be, of, of year for us to do that because people are receptive to it as well. So when we give, people tend to be receptive uh, to what we are giving um, during during this time. I think that's wonderful. And, you know, I think it's just important for people to just pay attention to where they feel energized by God and move into those uh, prayer forms, traditions, rituals, and keep connected in those ways. And when we find that, that we're being called to a different ritual, enter into that one um, deeply and, um, and intentionally so that, um, you know, uh, God speaks in various ways and, and being open to those various ways is important. And this is a great time to, to try all of that out. We have about a minute left. Are, are there any other special things coming up at your parish during Lent that you'd like to share? I am so excited that we're actually going to be um, opening up our hospitality corner again here. This is something that was done in the parish before I arrived, before COVID, and we had to unfortunately take that out of our narthex um, because of COVID. You know, we're trying to do the bare minimums of, of interaction and touching and uh, and things like that, but we're going to be able to offer that again during Lent and sharing uh, children's bulletins and about um, all of our ministries here, our prayer shawls. Um, and, uh, and we're just so excited to have people joining us here at the parish again. And uh, we hope that um, anybody who joins us um, and visits us will feel a sense of welcome from the great parishioners here. They're uh, just such a welcoming community and a joy-filled people to be around. Um, and we hope anybody uh, who joins us feels welcome and uh and and would join us at any time you're always welcome at saint elizabeth ann seaton well our guest in this segment has been sarah jarzenbowski she's the evangelization director at saint elizabeth ann seaton in crofton sarah thanks again for being here thanks again for the invitation for catholic review radio i'm george matisek thanks for listening the catholic review is the only publication in the archdiocese of baltimore that covers the catholic church full-time Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow The Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.